0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Gateway Presents. My name is Andrew McQuinney. I'm the opinion editor here at The Gateway, University of Alberta's student media source. Today, in the opinion segment, we are talking about the Lister meal plan. Uh, So I'm here in the studio today with one of my colleagues from The Gateway. If you want to introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, um, I'm Sophia Osborne. I'm the managing editor this year, uh, but I was previously the staff reporter and then the news editor. So I've been on the the Lister meal plan beat and residence beat in general for quite a while now, Uh, but I'm not in news anymore, so I can... Really give my take now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to be freed from a couple years of doing the reporting and come back and uh, give some interpretation now after a few years, yeah. Uh, Myself, uh, I've lived in Lister for three years. I lived there in my first year, and then I worked for Res Services as an RA in my second year and as an SRA, uh, as a student leader, basically, uh, for two years after that. So, a lot of personal experience with the meal plans, changes in the meal plans, as well as the protests and other things that went on as well. Speaking of the protests, um, some people may not know about the protests. So if you do kind of want to go through a timeline of some of the meal plan politics and how things have progressed and why it's become such a big issue.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I guess I'll just add that I lived. Yeah, I lived in uh, Lister as well in my first year, which was the same year as Andrew. So 2015, 16 and just for that year. So I just saw that one year, but then uh, then I was covering it as well, and I've always been interested in the in the meal plan and the university's relationship with Airmark, which is its food service provider. So yeah, to uh, to give some context to this whole meal plan controversy, how the meal plan used to work back when Andrew and I were you know, in first year, was it was like a, it was called a declining balance plan. It really worked like a debit card where you would go into like the cafeteria or the marina, which is kind of like a convenience store, but it also has a booster juice and a Tim Hortons, that kind of thing. And, you know, you order what you want and then you would like check it out just like if you were at a grocery store. And then that money would come off of your, plan. So you would be paying in advance. It it ranged, but it was usually around like $3,500 to $4,500 for eight months. That would just be loaded onto the cart already. And you would be taking away money from that, which you could also use not just in the Lister cafeteria or in the marina in Lister, but you could also use it at Aramark's other locations around campus, which was really convenient. You could use it, you know, in sub, in like Subway, at like Opa, whatever, Daily Grind. Um, You could also use it at ingrained in Eka um, and at the cafeteria in education so yeah you weren't just limited to what was in Lister and any of your money as much as you, of your money as you wanted could be used at those places the, the other important thing about that plan was that any money that you didn't use in your time so say I was like a very light eater I got the lowest plan you know I used it as much as I wanted I would get like chai lattes every day whatever and I still had over a thousand dollars left over in my balance at the end of my first year, and that money just came back to me um, on my one card, so I w- continued to be able to use it on campus. Yeah, which was which was really convenient. So that was uh, the old model, but there were a lot of problems from the university's perspective with that model or more I guess from Aramark perspective because um yeah they they weren't able to predict how many people would be eating in Lister every day they might cook way too much food not enough food um also like having to give money back to students at the end and you know Residence services uh which runs Lister and the other residences they uh they have a lot of problem with money, with deferred maintenance, and things that they that they need to do that they haven't done, and so they really sold changing the meal plan as a way to kind of keep Lister afloat and uh, keep Aramark like able to operate and Lister and everything. But there was a lot of pushback from students, which we can get into. So, basically, in 2016-17, they proposed a new meal plan, which was called an all-you-can-eat meal plan. It increased the price a bit. So at the time, in 2016-17, the, uh, the highest meal plan rate you could get was like $4,554 prepaid meal plan. They wanted to change it to one $4,650 all-you-can-eat Plan and they called it anytime dining. So it's a it's a it's an increase. Um, but basically, how it would work is that how how you how it would work is that uh, it would be like buffet style. So students could eat like anytime they wanted in the Lister cafeteria, and they could take as much as they want. Because the university was also very obsessed with this idea that students were like starving while living in Lister because they had to budget for themselves with you know their their de- debit card type meal plan, and so that they like weren't getting enough food or they weren't eating nutritious food because they were just, yeah, they they wanted this, like, all-you-can-eat, anytime dining kind of plan where students could just keep eating it. However, there's a lot of pushback from students because it it just really decreased um, flexibility, right? So you couldn't use this money, like at the other places on campus it was really like about Lister and there's a lot of problems with students like yeah who are in engineering or programs like that where they spend all their time on campus they're far away from Lister what are they going to do for lunch they can't use their meal card money at like the pizza 73 and ETLC so they've got to go all the way back to Lister after their between classes and get their lunch there's just a whole bunch of problems that came up with this there were protests it was going back and forth in, in the Board of Governors, which is the highest governing body at the U of A that makes decisions about things like this, the Board of Governors was skeptical because they were hearing so much student criticism. But people like Andrew Sharman, who works for facilities and operations, he was really like, no, we need this plan. So you just saw so much back and forth, really, over, over years. But in the end, the university did win out, um, as often happens. And this year, that new all-you-can-eat meal plan was implemented it was a it's a bit like different in that yeah so students can play either level one which is four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars for eight months or like a level two which is four thousand four hundred dollars there's three hundred dollars in flex dollars included which those dollars can be used like around campus at these other places but that's that's a, a very small proportion of the money
0: a lot of success at Peter Lougheed Hall when they built Peter Lougheed Hall that was the meal plan they kind of pushed forward having a buffet style place uh, where you could come eat whatever as much as you wanted you swiped your card once came in drank and ate as much as you want whatever was on the buffet uh stuff rotated out and according to numbers people were very satisfied and very uh, happy with the meal plans there so yeah it seemed to be like a big push from FNO to kind of implement that system based on what happened at Peter Lougheed Hall
1: that's true they because one thing about this like any time diamonding plan is it is like by far the most popular type of university meal plan uh, which is why it was implemented at Peter Laheed Hall There's just so much around this that the that the university really did to, to push for it and make it an inevitability but One thing about Peter Lockheed Hall is that it's substantially smaller than Lister. Um, Other universities that have really successfully implemented anytime dining, like Guelph University, they have much smaller residences that are spread out around campus with, with food halls kind of in each one. So it does work to have like this meal plan where you can go to any of those dining rooms and use your card and get your food. But for Lister, it's just very hard because just this idea of having to go back and forth between the residents and campus. And then they said that they would make a hot food station in the basement of Cab. But we've seen that that hasn't been like super effective. The other thing that they did is in designing um, Chow Fu Hall... Formerly known as Lister Five, they they purposefully planned for the all-you-can-eat meal plan by having um, just like what is it one is it one kitchen for the entire building.
0: Pretty much, yeah. So the kitchen space basically in the basement is like they have a couple sets of stoves, a couple of things of fridges, and that's all in the same space as where you do your laundry as well. Um, floors on Shalafu have like a kitchenette, so you've maybe a microwave and a sink, and that's pretty much it. So you have no really any capacity to cook on your own floor. For those who haven't seen Lister or been an old classic Lister, um, there are full-size kitchens. You do have a stove and you have other uh, amenities to be able to cook for yourself, and many students did cook for themselves and they lived in those classic towers, even if they did have to. Buy the meal plan yeah so that was purposely uh, definitely that construction put in is an inevitability and from what i've seen um from a lot of what they're planning for the renovations and the classic tires as well they're also planning to do the kind of same thing build it on that shallow model of taking out kitchens and such to make room for bigger washrooms and stuff but then just leaving kitchenettes is the for kind of solidifying i think uh, having a meal plan that's based on that kind of all-you-can-eat uh, buffet style, go to the calf. that's the only place you can use your meal plan kind of situation.
1: Yeah, and another thing about the new meal plan is uh, that you can't leave the calf with any food. That's really different from how Lister used to be. Like, when, when I was there, I almost never ate in the cafeteria. I would usually take the food to my floor or, like, to my room or a friend's room to eat, and that was really normal. It was a lot more of, like, floor bonding, whereas now they're really trying to have, like, this whole Lister bonding, like, everyone. One eats in the cafeteria together, but there are a lot of people in Lister, and the cafeteria is pretty small.
0: Yeah, even with a lot of the newer renovations, they have opened up a lot of space uh, in comparison to what the cafe used to be, but I still don't think it's really enough to realistically accept to be super comfortable for tons of people coming in at peak meal times to be there all the time uh, eating food. I don't know if that's affected people's motivation to go at certain times, if people have like offset meal times in order to compensate for that, which could set, I think, possibly lots of dietary issues in that sense, and eating times and so on but that's a possibility there and again, on the kind of floor bonding point, speaking of the calf as a social space, the calf was kind of also a social space as well, where you could just go to the calf to study. Lots of people used to go to the calf to study. They wanted a place that had a little bit of noise, not a time they could just plug in headphones or get a table with a bunch of their friends and just sit and study together. And I know that was a big motivator and a big plus. And a lot of people would like sleep there overnight studying during finals. In order to even like kind of be in the calf, you do kind of just have to pay. You're there to eat food. You don't get a chance to kind of have that space. So that kind of restricts you from being able to have another study space in Lister, you're going to be either stuck in your lounge studying other areas, which may not be super ideal for a lot of people who kind of want the lounge to be maybe more social space on their floor, depending on how they want to organize it. So I, that's kind of a huge detriment uh, to a lot of the kind of social interaction.
1: Yeah. On, and on the reverse end, there are people with, you know, social anxiety who don't want to be not even just people with social anxiety, but just. You know, you're having a bad day or something and you don't want to eat your dinner, or your breakfast or whatever, like in the cafeteria with everyone, you know, potentially being judged, whatever, however you feel about it. I think that's a bit ludicrous, to be honest, to to force people to kind of get out of their shell like at all times. That's three meals, at least a day that you're having that you're supposed to be like socializing. And some people are introverted. Some people don't kind of have that capacity to just be like constantly on all the time.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And even as like a relatively extroverted person, there was many times I did not like spending a lot of time unless I was with friends. I did not like eating in the cafe alone. It was weird. Like you'd have tons of other people kind of like in their own little groups, and you're kind of sitting there by yourself, at this big table and nobody else is there. And even if you do have those really bad days, you just want to kind of grab something, go like back to your room or whatever, and just kind of like sit it out, either like in peace, or you need to grab your meal, kind of run back to your room and like work on something at the same time. I just don't see why that has to kind of get in the way of some of those uh, other things you want to do yeah I want kind of want to get into uh, food quality just because um, if you're a Listerite um, you've had a chance to live in Listeria food quality uh, and talk about Airmark and trash talking Airmark is just it's part of the culture but also I think has a grain of truth to it food quality has always been a big complaint for a lot of students always has been there's always been lots of advocacy on that front Sam so, yeah, we talked to LHSA um, and I had our own personal experiences going and eating the food there, kind of seeing what's different from what uh, I've been told, from of those LHSA, uh, the executives, and a couple of uh, other first years in Lister that I've spoken to as well, food is incredibly inconsistent. There's definitely a lot more options than there used to be, just kind of given the buffet style offerings, like they added a salad bar and stuff too. So there's a few kind of extra things, extra amenities that are nice, but a lot of food, just given that it's not cooked fresh anymore, you don't have to wait in line to um, have somebody cook something up for you, fresh to order. But That results in a lot of things being cold, a lot of things being kind of like lukewarm, and then you're not super motivated to be eating that food in the first place and from what i've heard a lot of the consistently good options are things like the desserts which i mean that's great and all but that's not super great for people who are trying to be eating healthier and trying to get a balanced diet while the salad can be great too and they said also the pizza is quite good as well there's only so much you can do with a few good options you consistently want to eat you can force yourself to eat terrible food but that's not going to be making you happier even if you're trying to eat healthier anyways
1: yeah and it just seemed to me like the meals people were eating were really weird because it's this buffet style like before you could have like you know like a salmon burger and a salad or something now it's like i'm gonna have like a little bit of macaroni and like a waffle and ham and i don't even know pizza and like some salad or something just like i kind of can't imagine eating like that myself and then A lot of the times, like, we're eating with people, you know, and they're trying something, they're like, oh, yeah, it's not good. And then they just don't eat the rest of that part of their meal. And it's like, you grab five things and only two of them are really something that you would want to finish eating, which is has also been a problem um, when it comes to food waste. We've heard that it's really gone up, and that's become a larger problem.
0: Yeah. Uh, so a lot of students have told me that uh, they've put up, they have TV screens in the CAF, of course. They'll sometimes stream um, some new stuff on there, some sports, but they've been streaming like notices that are telling students basically to stop throwing food away. So I'm from what I've heard from the executives and from those first-year students that have been telling me about that, um, food waste is a huge problem. That means as much as Aramark is trying not to lose money on this meal plan, and that's kind of the whole reason that they made this kind of an all you can eat and made you pay more and make it a one time payment, and have less flex dollars, not get your money back, they're still probably losing money given like some of the food waste, right? And that, how much of that is students being picky, how much of it is the food quality? I'm more inclined to go with like the inconsistency, of the food quality um, for the reason why there's so much food waste. And that's just something that I think will need to be maybe picked up on Aramark's. And if there's advocacy going around there, I know that they'll just say uh, has been. Been in talk a lot with uh, Aramark's dietitian who relays a lot of the kind of uh, criticisms or some of the concerns a lot of the students have up, but only, it sounds like only so much is getting through. So bringing it back to, I think, a big concern oh, that Lister students had uh, going forward, this was, um, where are they going to get lunch? That flexibility problem. Because at least with having flex dollars, and at least with uh, with having, um, before that, even just like the balance you could use anywhere on campus, you could still be on campus, dip into sub, grab like Edo or something, you know however you want to pronounce that. <laughs> but now that really isn't an option. Some of the things that they've changed to kind of make up for that, we mentioned before that kind of hot food station just kind of in passing. It sounded like from when the ways they were portraying it on the website, when they were like planning it, that they were going to kind of like shut down all of the cab basement. Or, like, shut down big chunks of, like, the cab basement like, build, like, a big hot food station. Like, that was specifically for Lister students where they could come by, pick up something, like, just a quick, like, bag hot lunch or something, and then go to their next um, class. Instead, what it sounds like is they have just underneath, there's, like, the Zoka Bowl, uh, restaurant underneath the cab stairs in the basement there that, that runs from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you can use your card there. Uh, and that's it. Um, they were planning also, they said, the dietitian said that they were hoping that they'd be rotating out what restaurant it was, but I'm not sure if that's changed at all. By the time we spoke to the LHSA executives at the time, they said it was supposed to be every couple of weeks, but it'd been like a full month and nothing had changed.
1: And I was just really surprised as someone who was covering the beat because it was when it came up in the board of governors, like the board of governors, they were very concerned about, you know, what, what were students going to do for lunch? And it was really this big selling point that resident services and I guess facilities and operations used to sell this new meal plan was like, well, it's it's contingent on us renovating cab and having this whole hot food station. And then we never saw it. I, I didn't even know it was there and it was, wasn't until we talked to the people from the LHSA that I realized that Zoka Bowl was, like, supposed to be what, what it is. And I can't imagine that many students use it. They're probably just paying out of pocket to get Subway and Philly sticks and stuff like that, because are you really going to eat from the same restaurant every day for lunch during the weekday? No.
0: I mean, the only other option you'd have is, like, you're just, like, either eating massive breakfast, going to class, and then eating massive meals at dinner, which I don't know how that ideal that is for people's health as well.
1: Yeah, you can also have lunch options that you can order ahead of time, but uh, we've heard that it's been challenging. Like, you have to order the night before, um, so you have to know, like, what time you're going to want to pick it up and all of that and what you're going to want to eat. And it's really just, like, you can kind of build a sandwich and then you'll get, like, dessert kind of things, but the selection is really limited for what you can put in the sandwich. Apparently, the cookies are just put in randomly, so yeah, if you have a peanut allergy, like, there's your peanut cookie— so I don't know. Plus, not in elementary school. Do people want to eat a sandwich for lunch every day? I don't I don't know about that. Uh, it was really nice to be able to, you know, you can have Subway if you want to have Subway. Also, the the cafeteria in education has good sandwiches. It's it's like it's run by Aramark. Um, same with ingrained. So there were options to get sandwiches on campus, but you could also have something like Philly sticks or whatever if you wanted to. So,
0: Yeah. And it's just a shame to see all of that go, especially when so much of it was promised. I mean, the cynical part of me is not surprised, but still this kind of like, it makes me very upset, especially for a lot of the students who are coming in and experiencing this for the first time, or even some students who fought really hard to not have this happen. And here they are not even getting some of the stuff that they at least like had asked for during kind of like the negotiations for this whole thing and some of the protests as well. So yeah, that was us talking about the new Lister meal plan. Um, some just kind of historical context why it's become such a big political issue on campus. What's kind of come of it and what kind of things is doing the students and how we see it affecting listening in the future. Yeah. So thank you so much for uh, coming on today.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. And watch out for Andrew's feature. It's going to come out online at some point about this whole thing.